0: And I'm Matt. And this is Too Much Film School. Today we're going to talk about the Academy Award nominations for the the below-the-line crafts. Uh, If you don't know what the difference between below-the-line and above-the-line is, actors, directors, producers, and writers are above-the-line. When you make a budget for a film, you actually have a big line (laughs) that says, these are the people that are expensive, and then below-the-line, is uh, these are the sort of cheap people.
1: Right. They're more technical or trade positions. A lot of times they're... um, Salaries are set kind of by the union guidelines and everything, whereas Above the Line, you can get whatever you can get. If you're Steven Spielberg, you're getting millions, millions and millions of dollars, but it's, wide, it's a wide open field for Above the Line, whereas Below the Line is much more salary-based.
0: And you can sort of predict that if it's a certain size movie, this is how much the Below the Line section will cost, but the actors you can't predict because if you get Tom Cruise to be in it, suddenly a movie costs $20 million more. Right, so it's it's a budgeting thing, and it's now common parlance in uh, in the film world. Uh, we're going off of the order that these uh, awards are listed in uh, Wikipedia. So <laughs> why <is that> important. <laughs> the first, well, because I can't figure out why original <laughs> score is the first thing. That seems weird it to me.
1: Does seem weird, and yet start okay.
0: with uh, the first uh, award we're going to talk about today is Best Original Score. Uh, John Williams, uh, of course, must be nominated twice. For both for Spielberg movies, uh, Gosh, I don't like of John Williams.
1: The,
0: the films are *Adventures of Tintin* and *War Horse*. Uh, what do you think of John Williams? Hmm, he
1: <laughs> is terrible. Now he obviously is an icon and a Hollywood legend that created sounds of our childhoods and all. But he wrote
0: *Star Wars*, *Jaws*, yeah, uh, *Indiana, Indiana Jones. Jones*.
1: It's just everything that you recognize in four notes. Oh, also
0: the Superman theme song.
1: Yeah, I was gonna. Th- lump that in there but really it's just, he's been lauded for too long and for everything he just craps gold in <laughs> every hollywood's opinion they nominate him for anything he touches tin tin or warhorse regardless of if it's good or not it's just really he's pushed so high on a pedestal that i have to hate him <laughs> just to knock him down but there are technical reasons too He's just part of that kind of dated 80s style of what really became the uh, saccharine Hollywood hand-holding of your emotions in feeling sad, now you're sad, and then triumphant, triumphant, triumphant! (laughs) Like the end of E.T. goes on for 15 crescendos or something when the the spaceship takes off, and I think in the digital version, they painted a rainbow in after (laughs) it, and I think Spielberg reaches out and hugs you from the screen and says, love this movie. It's so heavy-handed, and John Williams is a big part of that hand that I just really don't like his work.
0: I appreciate that. The other nominees are Ludovic Bors for The Artist, Howard Shore for Hugo, and Alberto Iglesias for Tinker Tailor, Soldier Spy. Now, Hugo, uh, Howard Shore is a a recognizable composer as well. I do not remember the music from Hugo at all. (laughs) No. It was... I'm sure there was music. I'm sure it worked. Uh, the T.K. Taylor uh, soundtrack was interesting in that it was very minimalist. Yeah. And it's it, it really set the mood, but it's also, it almost seemed like you just had a woodpecker poking at a piano. <laughs> <laughs> Hard to
1: give credit for minimalism. You know, you're like, hey, there's not a lot there. So that was your intent. And what's there is is good, but you didn't do as much work as these <laughs> other guys. Like, how do we...
0: Yeah. Now the artist, uh, I've obviously never heard of Ludovico Boris, but there's no dialogue. A lot of the emotion is carried by the music, and he does a fantastic job of that. So it's sort of unfair that you have like the only sound for much for most of the film is the music, whereas the other composers have to deal with.
1: They have to blend it and not stand out or upset everything. It's more of a balance, but. I think I agree, he, he does get a bigger spotlight put on him.
0: He does, but he also does a great job in that spotlight, so I, I think he certainly deserves it, and I think he'll he'll ride the coattails of the artist all the way to the Academy Award. Now, there is an uh, interesting thing. Uh, the reason the Muppets is not in anywhere in the original score, despite the fact that they had great music, there is a separate category called Best Original Song Score, which is a score that involves musical numbers where the characters themselves are singing. And you have to have a certain number of movies that qualify for this, because you can't just have it, because the Muppets was basically was the only, only musical, yeah. so you can't just nominate the Muppets for best original song score. But for some reason, if that category doesn't exist, you can't then put the people that should have, that would have fit into that category, you can't just put them into original score. I don't know why it works that way. There are rules. So uh the Muppets just sort of get, Brett McKenzie uh, sort of gets screwed uh, oh, yeah. out of it, because it, it was great music. Now he is in the next category, is nominated for best original song for *Man or a Muppet*, uh, which wasn't my favorite song. It a...
1: wasn't. I agree. I actually really liked *Life's a Happy Song*. The opening number was really, I think, the, the standout one from that film.
0: But uh, you know, exactly. *Man or a Muppet* is also a good song, right? So. And he's
1: only up against Reel in Rio* from *Rio*, which I <laughs> did, did not, not see and don't. I can't imagine that's a, a I better probably song. Probably not. And so I think he'll also get a little bit of boost from the whole score and if people know the story behind why he's maybe not in the score category they're going to i think Yeah give well it to there's
0: them. also a bizarre rule with best original song which is uh within the best original song category the your song has to be somewhere in the top 5 of 85% or 80% of the nom- of the of that branch of the music branch and if no if only one song meets that criteria then the second place song even if nobody really liked it gets nominated.
1: Nice.
0: I, I don't know for sure <laughs> if that's what happened with Rio, but that's what happened with Rio. <laughs> There's no way that it was nominated for any real reason.
1: Sergio Mendes, Carlene Huos Brown, and Sadie Garrett are shocked to hear you say it. Like They <laughs> put their heart and soul, I'm sure, into this. And they, into this a little Sony
0: children's movie. So moving on from what will clearly go, the award that will obviously go to The Muppets, there is best sound editing and best sound mixing and this
1: i do not understand the difference oh i was going to say confuses other people all the time i feel like there's people
0: in the sound uh in the sound category that don't know
1: no and a lot of people get these confused there can they don't know why they're there viewers at home and stuff uh, sound editing is editing all the sounds that go into the picture bringing in the music the sound effects yeah,
0: everything people don't really realize that uh you don't just record the ambient sound on a set like you have to add sounds like a bird chirping and a car driving by and footsteps, right. and they're so there. If you actually saw a, a mixing board with all of the sound tra- of all the sound effects that go into a movie, just a normal scene of two people sitting in a room talking, like we're doing right now, there's like fifteen tracks, right? And like a big action movie is going to have like a hundred and something, and it's astounding how much sound actually goes into a film.
1: Correct, and that's why there's two categories. Uh, <laughs> one of which the editing in that cutting and you know choosing actually
0: placing them together right
1: placing it together saying which layer and things like that mixing is literally saying which one you hear most they will bring up the levels on certain things bring down other ones he doesn't just set the levels it's the person recording the sound on set and they do set what level the microphones of each actor are at when it's first recorded or in any adr sessions where they have to have actors come in and reread the lines and things And then they also do a sweep after the editing is all done and the sounds are all put in, they'll bring up certain ones so you hear the car crash over the music or the music needs to be stronger here to really drive home the emotional point. So a lot of Williams'
0: score. Yeah, if
1: John (laughs) Williams is involved, he's probably in there elbowing the guy out of the way, (laughs) My score, my score, louder. (laughs) They don't need to talk. Just John Williams. But the
0: the distinction between those is so fine and it's so because we're so focused on film as a visual medium. Like a lot of this sort of blows past us as an yeah. audience. This is the problem with the the Academy Awards system: is you're nominated by people that do your job and and know what they're talking about, but then the people that actually give the award are just the idiots, <laughs> like the general well, population, right. the, who don't even know the difference between side editing and sound mixing. All the
1: members of the Academy, you mean, get right. to vote? I so. said all of the idiots. <laughs> you, you, said, you said the people who give you the award. I was picturing the presenter. <laughs> Which, yes, I mean, might be Ryan Philippi out there going, I don't know what you this saying, is Ryan? about. Yeah. i saying Ryan Philippi doesn't know the <laughs> distinction between sound mixing and sound editing, yes. I'm going on tape with it's that.
0: going to be very upset. The actual award is uh, based on the, the voting of the entire Academy, and a lot of them don't even know the difference between sound editing and sound mixing. And so oftentimes these awards sort of go to the loudest movie right. or the movie that they just sort of liked the best. Like, uh, Oh, I really liked, uh, well, I don't know if Transformers was anybody's I, favorite movie. I but. was going
1: to say, one thing as bad as Transformer movies get, the sound editing is actually really excellent. And those because of a lot of things they have to just invent the, the twisting of the metal. All these are CG and the sound editing brings those to life in, in a very action-packed. There was a valid sound
0: effect for the for a, a car transforming into a robot. It was it was a very simple. Wah, 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 <laughs> wah. I don't know why they didn't just reuse that. <laughs> exactly. uh, so to clarify, the the nominees in sound editing were Drive, Girl with the Dragon Tattoo, Hugo, Transformers, Dark of the Moon. I can't get over how stupid that sounds, and Warhorse. I, I feel like nobody wants to wants uh, Transformers to be an Academy Award winning film. Although Paramount is actually really pushing uh, their four year consideration ads for the awards that Transformers is nominated for, for
1: special effects
0: for special effects and sound editing and sound mixing, which they uh, claim part of the reason they're doing that is because they want to emphasize how important the below the line crafts are. True. And I think that's I think it's a good thing that Paramount wants to do that. But I don't know if Transformers is the it movie goal to, do it with. <laughs> to do that with. Um, See how
1: important these jobs are? It produces a movie like this.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's a little... Like, you could do it with something else. So, uh, there's... On the Variety website, there's a lot of for your consideration for Hugo and the artist in Transformers and you're like really? <laughs> That's that but it it happens so you know good for Paramount. I Between say, all of these I feel like Drive is going to pull it out because it's not say, naming it for a lot but a lot of people liked
1: it. Drive really people uh, liked the movie and it didn't fit in for a lot of these other categories so they may give it to that.
0: And the car chasing stuff like the sound is really important like you were saying earlier the sound is really important for getting the sense of what the vehicle is doing.
1: Yeah how fast you're going it, th- in the tension level that when he's driving yeah uh, so I,
0: I, I that seems like a good choice even though it may may not have been your cup of tea as a film I think it makes sense for this award
1: I agree and I would like if it were not warhorse no it could go to warhorse because Gary is very well known for sound editing he does all of Pixar's movies um but which again they have to
0: invent all of the sounds
1: right and he is just I think really a big name in the industry for that so they might give it to warhorse with him but I can't say I saw the movie, so don't know and don't wanna see it, so
0: <laughs> This is one of those categories where you'd assume sound mixing and sound editing would sort of line up, except that Drive is replaced with Moneyball, which I don't really understand. Uh so Girl of the Dragons tattoo, Hugo, Moneyball, Transformers, Warhorse, uh I I couldn't even begin to guess where this would go. Uh, other than Transformers is loud, and so don't
1: get the award. <laughs> they, they, they do have to mix a lot of sound with explosions, metal, you know, things like that. Uh, but War Horse had to, you know, tame John Williams' score and all the, <laughs> all the horse's dialogue. So they had a tough time there.
0: the, the names and such. Exactly. The movies uh, nominated for art direction are The Artist, Harry Potter Part 8, Hugo, Midnight in Paris, and War Horse. I feel like, uh, you know, War Horse is nominated because it's Spielberg and those period pieces. Well, and
1: it's period. It's also like the epic scale. Yeah. You know, not just getting saddles and uh, soldier uniforms, but getting accurate ones and 5,000 of them or whatever yeah. for the large you scale know
0: Spielberg's scenes. not going to allow it to be sort of close. He's going to be yeah. like, it has to be right. Midnight in Paris, I'm not entirely sure why that's nominated.
1: They they made it look 60s-ish. Yeah. Or, yeah, 40. yeah.
0: How does that even... So this shouldn't even count. Uh, Hugo uh, was a beautiful movie, and I I think that's it's very valid. Uh, although the artist, I think, gets the edge from the... I think everybody likes the artist more. And it is an interesting thing about uh, when you're designing uh, color schemes and stuff, when you're in black and white, if you want a wall to look like a certain color, you can't necessarily use that actual color. It might right. look different in black and white. We actually had this experience in a student film that we made I don't know if you remember this. We had to get a blonde wig for somebody and we, sh- we, were, we were shooting the film in black and white. And uh, we were walking through the Halloween store. All, everybody else walked past this wig and I was like, guys, this wig is perfect. And you were like, that is bright neon green. And I was like, you know what? I'm colorblind, I know this will look blonde in <laughs> black and white, and it totally looks like a blonde wig. The
1: no one time so with a disability.
0: it was useful. There's a certain abstract thinking that goes into making something look good in black and white. Right.
1: So and it's also probably something that's completely lost in this day. Oh, and yeah, year, so. absolutely.
0: Uh, now, Harry Potter, I feel like most of their set direction is sitting around for the last eight years, and they're well, just picking up the, the same sets and, and props and stuff. Since definitely,
1: since Deathly House. Part one. Right. This is the sequel. So if you didn't give it to the first one, are you really going to do it for this <laughs> one? Like, but I think the artist it did have commendable art direction for the periodness and uh, just the silent this, film pulling yeah. out black and white. But I think it was also a much smaller film and some of the stuff did feel kind of like it was more found objects from around L.A. Right. As opposed to something like War Horse where you had to literally create it. Obviously, the scale of the movies made that the difference, whereas Artist was a very small-scale one. But I feel like maybe Warhorse or... The Artist, it, it... This one I wouldn't feel as good as it getting. This one I wouldn't feel as good about it getting. I do like it and think that it deserves a lot of the awards it's up for. I don't know if it's this one is one of those.
0: My, for me, the fact that it was a lost skill, uh, I, I think that is what puts it above.
1: Yeah, I, I wouldn't be upset to see it win, but... And uh, actually, picking another movie to knock it off, like I could see maybe Harry Potter just for giving a nod to all of the films. As here's the last one, you know, kind of like uh, the Return of the King, you know, winning for all the Lord of the Rings, and it was well. No, that's that's actually not
0: odd thing that you bring that up. Return of the King won like everything. It won Best Picture, adapted screenplay. Like it didn't win any acting awards, right. But like it won a it won like I think nine or ten of its eleven nominations. And Harry Potter somehow ne- never got into that category of look at this accomplishment Like, regardless of whether you think it's necessarily the greatest movie of all time, the fact that they did this for eight years and they they made a... Sol- like, the first couple were kind of shitty. But, like, from from Prisoner of Azkaban on, these were all solid movies. Yeah. And they did it consistently for right. eight or nine years. I feel like it it should get more credit than it does. And I feel like it's people are sort of... Not, not giving it its due. It's
1: definitely got a lot more um, snobbery going on because it's maybe children-based yeah. material, whereas Lord of the Rings was, you know, time-honored classic and everything that they're bringing to the film. So I could see it getting Art Direction, if only because it was snubbed elsewhere. So the nominees in Best Cinematography
0: are The Artist, Girl with the Dragon Tattoo, Hugo, Tree of Life, and War Horse. Now, The Artist has the the same advantage that it had in Art Direction, you don't see a lot of black and white movies right and uh it stands out as like hey that looks pretty good and you have to have a certain eye to recognize i can't rely on color to convey right.
1: things and it's like you handicapped yourself by going black and white only and you pulled it off. So, And also, a, a, a
0: smaller note is that they didn't do widescreen. They did it in a 3 by 4 frame, which people aren't used to. Even in television, they're mostly using widescreen nowadays. Yeah. Composing your shot for that taller, more narrow frame, that's an interesting... Uh, Challenge. Yeah. Uh, Girl with a Dragon Tattoo. Jeff Cronin uh, was the DP on Girl with a Dragon Tattoo. He shoots a lot of uh, David Fincher's movies. Janusz Kaminski shot Warhorse. He shoots all of Spielberg's movies. Both uh, Kaminski and Cronenweth they make visually stunning movies. Like, there's a lot of the reason why Spielberg movies look the way that they do and why uh, Fincher movies look the way that they do, respectively. They definitely deserve a lot of credit. I don't know if I could say that either these are necessarily the best or the worst movies. They're just sort of you know, they're adequate. Really, yeah. Well, I, I would even good. say they're better than they're better than good. It's just because they are they've almost sort of handicapped themselves because they've been doing such great work for so long. Like I, this I, the- I expect you to be brilliant. <laughs> they're
1: holding them to the standard of themselves. Their right. best work, exactly.
0: Right. And so you know, Hugo uh, Robert Richardson is also a great DP, and it was his I believe it was his first 3D movie. He might have done a couple commercials, um, but. The 3D in Hugo is amazing, and you and you have to give him credit for working that into. Again, it's not a lot of like uh, stuff, you know, spears poking out at the screen and stuff. Like it's depth, it's texture, and he does a great job with the 3D and making it part of the world. Um, and and it's also just generally a beautiful movie. I would I would actually it's a, to me it's between Hugo and the artist, and one is the height of technology and what is using the earliest Going film techniques, I would almost rather give it to Hugo just because...
1: It's the future.
0: Because he's showing that 3D doesn't have to be shit.
1: <laughs> okay. there's That is notable. And that is maybe a more uh, prescient message than, uh, hey, we can still shoot in black and white and... Uh, Academy aspect ratio. Oh, boy. You're like, yes, that's still viable. I don't know that that is the message people are going to take going forward. Right. Was prescient the right word there? I think so. All right. I always
0: wonder. Uh, my pertinent might have been better. Uh, but I still feel like the artist is going to run away with it, because I think they're yeah. going to win a lot of the prettiness awards. Now, that, of course, I left out Tree of Life uh, with Emmanuel Lubinsky who's been nominated several times and is also great. But...
1: I think looking at what I've seen of Tree of Life, it does look amazingly shot. Again, it has that textural feel to it that something like Assassination of Jesse James brought. And this may be the one category where people could see beyond the nonlinear narrative and jankiness of the movie to give it an award, but it might have all the weight of those bad things dragging him down. Yeah, I could see it going to Hugo over the artist as well.
0: So, yeah, this one is, again, it's a tight race, and I could see any one of them winning uh but yeah i i feel like artist is going to i think artist is going to pull it out just because artist is going to win everything
1: i don't like those years where something runs <laughs> away with with everything feels over the top to me again return of the king i didn't actually like it, titanic, it gladiator. titanic gladiator i hated the fact that all of those ones <laughs> gladiator i wasn't too thrilled i don't know with why you movie. don't like gladiator i thought Gladiator it, was a so fantastic movie. i even as much as i like the artist if it wins Everything I will now have to hate it because (laughs) I will go, you know what, it was a good movie, but let's not go crazy here, people. Other people did better work in those categories. I don't like people saying the incorrect thing, although, like, oh, it had the best dialogue ever because you know, because they really like the movie. And see, I said dialogue there because they don't talk. (laughs) If you were to say something like that for the one line, I would be like, no, you are patently incorrect. (laughs) The good parts of it are over your clouding your judgment for the bad parts, so yeah. I think there
0: oftentimes as I pointed out in the last podcast since the actors are the largest voting block they generally determine who wins best picture is sort of what actors are yeah. into unless all of the below the line crafts can sort of get together and say this movie is a thing that we all appreciate and that's generally where that that's generally where all of the epic movie wins come from that your Titanic yeah. and your Gladiators and stuff if all of the dps and all of the editors and all of the sound mixers agree that Gladiator was the greatest movie, it's likely that it will also win in, within those categories as well. On the other hand, years where smaller movies like American Beauty or Crash win, that the actors are really behind, then the Craft Awards sort of go all over the place because they, there was no united front from the below-the-line right. people. So The Artist is sort of a weird example that I, I keep feeling like it's going to win all of the below-the-line awards, even though it's also a very actory kind of movie. So, And yet it also made, like, $30 at the box office. <laughs> so it's weird that it's, it's getting... I feel like it'll get the, the results of an epic film without having the box office or the scope uh, that those movies generally have.
1: We shall see. I think uh, we might be in a microcosm, which is, again, where the voting happens. But right now the artist feels like it's looming very large. elsewhere in the country I don't know if they have any idea I don't know if
0: Uh, my mom knows that movie exists (laughs)
1: right and so they don't elsewhere in the country they don't get to vote except for again the the Academy Satellite uh, you know members New York people yeah so it 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 feels like it's going to run away with stuff right now I might be surprised when it doesn't maybe pleasantly if it gets picture and actor and then a lot of the other awards up for go elsewhere so with Chelsea
0: now, moving on to Best Makeup, you have Albert Nobbs, Harry Potter 8, and Iron Lady. Now, Iron Lady goes through uh, a, a long uh, stretch of time where Meryl Streep has to look at different ages. So that's sort of an interesting choice. But they in Albert Nobbs just from the trailers, Glenn Close looks like a dude. And she's disconcertingly <laughs> sad. <laughs> yeah, like, that's pretty fucking impressive. Harry Potter, uh, they've been doing that makeup for the last they can do it in their sleep now. <laughs> they've been doing it for ten years.
1: Ray Fine says, No, no <laughs> Where did
0: it go? I think that might be CGI actually. What but what they did to Glenn Close is really impressive and I I feel like they deserve credit for that. They yeah, a I could,
1: I could see them getting it for that, especially since it's the main character, it's throughout the whole movie. It's not like with J Edgar where he starts off as him and then for the last third of the movie, they're really piling it on.
0: Right, same with Iron Lady. Yeah. Like
1: she, so, she goes through time. Yeah, I think uh, Albert Nobbs could get it. That doesn't mean I'm necessarily going to see it. And <laughs> it's still creepy as heck to see <laughs> her looking like that and talking with kind of her voice. But, oh, I'm a little gruffer now. Yeah, it's
0: it's odd, but, uh, you know, impressive in the makeup category. Costume design, here's where you wind up with uh, only old-timey movies are allowed to, yes. <laughs> to be nominated. Well, you got... Anonymous, the Shakespeare movie. Uh The Artist again. Hugo again. Uh Jane Eyre for the 15th time. I'm sure every adaptation of Jane, Jane Eyre has been nominated for this award. Uh, and W.E., which uh is the movie
1: that's about the King's King. Speech in reverse.
0: Yeah, it's about it's it's the villains, it's it's like Wicked is to the Wizard of Oz. It's like W.E. is to the King's Speech. It's a very weird movie. But you know. It's it's hard to, to look at all these movies and be like, well, one is more period y than the other. Like, I don't know how to judge this category at I, this stage.
1: Again, I would like to take artists out of this because, yes, you did kind of capture the 20s, but every studio everywhere has that part of the costume room where they're like, oh, and here's the 20s, you know, flapper looking dresses and things. It's just such a giveaway where uh, W.E. or Jane Eyre, like, they have to be more nuanced. It's supposed to be period appropriate, whereas the uh, artist could go for shtick of the period. It's like, well, they're, they're actors are Hollywood anyway, so we already have those costumes laying around.
0: Well, here's an interesting uh, opposite perspective of that. I worked on a show called Swingtown, which was set in the 70s. And I said to the costume, uh, one of the set costumers, I was like, oh, this show must be easy. You just go to a thrift shop and like, bell bottoms, yoink. And he's like, no... People remember what that stuff looks like, like when it, when a movie set in ancient Rome, like put an eagle on a shield, and like people are like, "That's what Rome looked like." Yeah. But if it's if it's within living memory, people have you have to look right, and the artist, is, granted, and Hugo is the same thing. They not a lot of people remember it from being alive, but we've seen those movies which were contemporary at the time. We've seen The Little Tramp. We've seen who's on first. We know what the, the, that's supposed to look like versus Jane Eyre. I sort of have a cartoon view of what the 1800s England looked like. The artist
1: actually has to be correct. No, See, here's the funny part. is that You were making my uh, argument that we saw movies about those times where this is what they want you to think that it looks like then, and yes, the artist looks exactly like that because it's trying to be a movie from that period following movie people. So, yes, it's hitting those notes, and you think, hey, that's correct, because I saw that in Charlie Chaplin movies. <laughs> that was not real life back then. There weren't okay, documentaries still, shot and real life. But they're
0: still, they're still matching something that you know versus I I've, I have no experience whatsoever of what Jane Eyre should look like, and so
1: that's... I want to I say, by like the way, weird. just in terms of uh, argument's sake, W.E. is set later also, than right. the artist. So,
0: But that's. Uh, people
1: were, that were. A I lot don't more want an
0: Academy Award go to uh, a Banana movie. <laughs> like, that's <laughs> important to me. Okay.
1: That <laughs> part I will give you, but she is not getting it, so again. That's true. Uh, Hugo, I could see for more of the fantastical element, like a, a Harry Potter ish you know, view right. of the time period. Um, so I could see Hugo possibly getting.
0: It. And once again, uh, the black and white affects how the costume designer. I'm going back to the artist. Oh, wow! again Once again,
1: again the, with this.
0: the black and white is, is affects the way you dress them. Certain colors look great in in color, but then when you put it in black and white, it looks ugly.
1: Uh, uh, I was giving you that for art direction <laughs> and uh, cinematography. <laughs> Now you run out. go into that trough a bit much. So. <laughs> and the m- amount you've talked about the artist now, I now have to hate it. <laughs> so you're Changing my review of the artist. You're going
0: for Jane Eyre then for
1: this category? Uh, no, I can see Hugo. Yeah.
0: Uh, I certainly liked it. Or, Hugo certainly had fun stuff. Uh,
1: one thing about WE that I also wanted to point out is anytime you're dealing with royalty, you know, in um, kind of the queen or right. these things, not only do you have to hit the period, you have to hit the uh, kind of quality that you know the, right. the luxury that it would entail or the even um symbolism of you know the you know, their outfits you have to get there are large amount of details that they would be historically accurate but still they
0: just they just ran over to the side of the king's speech and we're like are you right. done yeah. with this
1: yeah. like...
0: <laughs> so uh one of the last categories uh that we're going to talk about i don't know why we put this way at the bottom uh is film editing I, I don't know why we we were talking about this near the end, because it's one of the only crafts that does not exist in any other art form. Like, editing is... You can't do edit... Obviously, in a play, you have set design, and you have costumes, and you have acting, but there's no editing in any other art there's than film. There's editing
1: in the writing,
0: but I will give Not... You, there's no visual medium of editing. We're not cutting from one shot to another. There you uh, go. It's a very... It's a weird uh, craft. It's hard to judge. If you didn't see what all the footage was, it's hard to say... If that weird cut was because they didn't have the right footage, or if the editor's just bad at their job.
1: Right, if they're trying something willfully to yeah. uh, take you out of the moment and like jar you and create a reaction, or they're bad at their job, or that was the best he could do because what they shot was total crap.
0: Right, and there's almost no way to know. So you wind up, uh, the category is sort of all over the place. You have the artist, the descendants, Girl with a Dragon Tattoo, Hugo, and Moneyball. I mean, I don't remember the editing in any of them, which is in some ways good, because largely it's supposed to be an invisible art. Mm-hmm. The artist was... Uh, I can't go back to the, hey, they're trying to reproduce the old-timey. I can say that again. They're trying to do the old-timey stuff. But really, in the case of editing, that's the one job that was actually easier, because they had fewer cuts per minute <laughs> back yeah. then. And so he's just, you know, let's, let's play it in the Y and <laughs> let it go. So, um uh, so you, the only thing I can say about the artist is I can I recognize that it reproduces that style.
1: But also, it's much harder to work in black and white. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it, that does not affect it. Um, I, but I don't know how I could. I don't know how to judge this category if I wasn't sitting in the editing room. You know.
1: Yeah, I think in past years it's been a little easier. There are movies that would have two or multiple storylines running and just keeping them. But see, a lot of that... See, this is the weird thing. A lot of that stuff is determined in the script. Yeah, and, and it can be, or it could be the... Uh, it, and you hey, can't know. Yeah, or it's. I'm not even saying that, like, oh, we lost track of that character, and that's the editor's fault. I'm saying, like, <clears throat> having which shot, you know, you do if you go for, to them for one or two. Matching you
0: know? one shot to the yeah. other and, and things like that. Yeah, it's, it's a, it's a it's a fascinating thing. It's the... You have to make this decision 24 times a second... Not just where to cut, but also where not to cut. Like where to let the shot go on, and I have no idea. <laughs> I just throw. A, I think it'll go to the artist just because the artist is going to win everything. But I'm. I I could throw a, I, I could throw a dart at the wall, and any one of these would be like Moneyball. Fine, perfectly good editing.
1: I am gonna go out there and just say, "Girl with a dragon tattoo." I would like to see that uh, pick up something possibly, and. Cinematography, it didn't feel like it was strong enough. It had definitely a distinct clarity to the look. And so, but cinematography had a lot bigger contenders uh, for it. So I feel like editing might be an area where it's kind of crisp, clean style, which I do recognize as being, you know, direction, cinematography, editing. Maybe editing can get it because no one else is looming large in that category.
0: Yeah. And then uh, for our last category is visual effects, uh, which is the only category that is just full of blockbusters. Uh, you've got Harry Potter in the deathly hallows part two hugo real steel rise of the planet of the apes and transformers dark of the moon i didn't see real steel but i believe you uh enjoyed it quite a bit
1: Uh, (laughs) i will say that it is exactly what you think it is boxing
0: with robots It's it's
1: rocky sockham robots literally (laughs) rocky made with some robots um they don't punch cows, I think, at, at any point. But other than, that, <laughs> not, yeah, other than that... Does the
0: robot actually run up the steps of the courthouse?
1: Yes. That, no? no. Oh, damn it. I, I want to say there's montage of them training and possibly running down roads or something. But uh, it is not a great movie, but it's a kid's movie. The, the effects do look very good in it for the... Not just... Transformers it did seem real, level, the tra- yeah, the trailers. not just like Transformers level of, oh, that's a huge building size robot that you know I could believe is metal. These were, you know, slightly bigger than a person interacting in the same space and believable that they made you forget that they're probably not there on the soundstage with them.
0: Here's the thing that's surprising about CGI shininess, which seems like that would be really hard, and reflections right. and stuff, that is in fact the easiest thing to do. The reason the T-1000 in Terminator 2 was shiny liquid metal is because they knew they could do that right. Right. And as you can see, most of the time when you have, uh, like in Tron where you have the replacement face and stuff, like it looks like shit. Mimicking skin and real human movement and stuff is hard to do. Shiny robots is actually just about the easiest thing to do. Now, Transformers, besides the fact that those are things that we've been doing for 20 years... The robots have the shittiest design. I've been complaining about them since the first Transformers. There's too much shit going on. It's such... There's so much busy design going on. They have pointy metal parts sticking out. Sticking out everywhere.
1: everywhere. And you're like...
0: I remember the posters for the first one. And it just looked like a blue block. And I was like, what am I looking at? And then about the fifth time I drove past the poster, I was like, that's supposed to be Optimus Prime. I can't see his... Figure out where his eyes and his mouth are. Now... You can look at a colon and an end parenthesis and see a smiley face. The human brain is designed to see faces everywhere. If I can't find the face on your robot, you're a terrible designer. Of well,
1: robots. I don't know if visual effects came up with the design, but well, I if will you want say, to separate the design
0: from the integration uh, of the visual yeah. effects, maybe. But in any case, throw transformers out the window. Uh, Real steel again. Like it's just those are things that are not easy, but. Right, It's I, on the easier end of the scale. Hugo, I'm not sure why Hugo's in this there's a There's a robot, good. and then
1: it flies <laughs> around right. in it 3D. It doesn't
0: fly, but, it's, uh, but yes, there is a robot. Uh, I think the robot
1: was real, though. It, was, it looked like it was I mean, it was metal and Even stuff. Even flying around in 3D. It doesn't fly around <laughs> in The 3D. only part I remember with the trailer is that they're in a train station, and it, it, there's either a train flying, or... They're in a train station, and the camera zooms around, and I was like, are they just throwing stuff at the screen? I got those 3D movies? <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. This does not happen. I move, move, move. Or just
0: move on. And then there's uh, Harry Potter. I hate throwing it in their face again. You've been doing this for eight years. Uh, well, I don't remember anything. I mean, the lightning bolts shooting out of the wands and stuff are cool. Like, but I don't know that any of it's sort of like mind-blowing visual effects.
1: I really liked their take on the dueling, um, because I remember by the fourth movie or whenever they start getting into the battles and right. when Sirius dies there, and I remember thinking this is not a very compelling action-like fight, you know? Like, right. oh, I throw at you, and I'm just like, what makes a block? Like, where <laughs> are you putting your wand to say that that didn't hit you? Or you know, It's really confusing uh, why they're not just kind of sniping each other in the back because two of them are squaring off. Right. And you're like, turn around and kill that guy. <laughs> um, so it was confusing for the action. I think by the seventh and eighth film, they got actually a totally different style of this kind of lightsabery matching of green and red and uh, they each have a different color. Yeah, your mind really? is blown. There are different he colors best. coming out and it's the good and the evil and they hit in almost a Ghostbusters level of protoplasm and have like arcing coming off of it and a little smoldering. I think the representation of Kind of Like the Fighting got a lot better yeah. in the last two movies. I don't think that's enough to carry this whole <laughs> right. category. So yeah.
0: But then there's Planet of the Apes which I, I believe I mentioned last time that I thought Andy Serkis deserved like eleven Oscars for how great he was in this movie. The the apes are so realistic, you you really do forget that you're like, wait, that's a that's a dude in a blue suit, and he's he's keeping up with John Lithgow, who's one of the greatest actors ever. And James James Franco's a pretty good actor and like again he's he's so good in this movie. And you do not you cannot tell that he's not real. And then towards the end when they have like a million apes running around the opposite of of shiny metal being easy to do, fur is a giant pain in the ass. Like you have every fur hits every other one yeah. and they affect each other. It's so hard to do. There is nothing in this movie that looked fake. Yeah, I'm is. astounded that this movie was possible. Even today, I can't believe that they did this movie. It should win visual effects hands down, no discussion.
1: I agree. Stop it. talking. Uh, especially since uh, I believe the original Planet of the Apes won for makeup for the. Ape effect, so it would be a nice little bookending yeah. to bring it back to them. Book uh, ending, and, They're going to make sequels. Okay. It'd be a nice...
0: <laughs> no, I'm just... Ah,
1: pendulum? <laughs> be a nice arc. <laughs> no, no, different. bookend was good. I okay. was just a jackass. <laughs> so then there they will be additional bookends on a, on a different shelf. I don't know. <laughs> now, I agree it should be Planet of the Apes for the level of difficulty for kind of human or uh, animal textures. Just being that much higher than uh, metal.
0: Um, Yeah, and I mean, but it's also the emotion to it. Like besides the technical skill of making fur look real, like you really felt for this this chimpanzee. Like the 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 performance in it, and they copy a lot of uh, Andy Serkis' you know movements and stuff. But they also there's a lot of uh, hand animation that's going into it as well. Yeah, the 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 work that those guys put into it is mind-boggling. And I, I that movie, I was surprised at how much I liked Rise of the Planet of the Apes. And if nothing else, it definitely deserves this award.
1: Yeah, I will give you that as well. I walked in expecting not to like it and was blown away uh, because I had such a low bar set for it from the uh, Tim Burton Planet of the Apes. Oh God! <laughs> that uh, then I was like, oh my goodness! And I mean, it it uh, paralleled Twelve Monkeys very closely in a lot of the it plot did. points, it was very and there were monkeys. And <laughs> I liked Twelve Monkeys, so I walked out going, huh, That reminded me of a movie I liked." So. Uh, if it does walk away with one, this would be it, and uh, I think it should.
0: So that's our assessment of the overall uh, Academy Award nomination process. When so the awards are actually out, uh, we'll complain why our picks didn't win.
1: <laughs> oh, no, I say we go back and re-edit this so that we will have picked all the originals. Oh, so yeah. So stay tuned.
0: Yeah, so we have to do another take where we think uh, Hugo will win everything. <laughs> that's it for this episode, but uh, tune in next time. We'll do a more normal uh, movie review
1: episode. There you go. We'll go back and view one of the maybe winners that we didn't end up seeing. Say why it was terrible.